This is an ABC podcast. She asks me why I'm just a hairy guy. I'm hairy noon and night. On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Body hair. And on the surface, body hair seems like a superficial topic to discuss. But very quickly, you discover for many people having hairy legs, backs, arms, a hairy chin, face or neck can have a huge impact on their lives and on their social well-being. Never rolling up your sleeves, never going swimming, spending a huge amount of time and money and going through stupid amounts of pain in order to remove the hair. Now, this is not just for women. Far from it. This is something that affects men too. So many of us have been teased and bullied, we've been called names or had throwaway comments aimed at us about our body hair. So why? Why are we ashamed of the hair that our body grows? And as a society, why are we expected to remove it? And is that changing? Have you decided to throw away the razor, you've given up the wax or you've stopped the laser? Have you questioned why you remove so much body hair? Or like me, have you had to have a conversation with your child as to why you remove hair, but they shouldn't? So how does something as simple as what appears on the surface to be a simple conversation around body hair, how has it impacted you? On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host today, and a warm welcome back to the Conversation Hour, Eden Henninen from ABC Ballarat. Eden, it's really easy to roll your eyes and think, oh, body hair, please come on, that's not a real topic. Definitely, Rochelle, and I'd say when you first discussed this topic, uh, talking about it on air today, I must admit it was a bit triggering for me because I think, you know, we talk a lot about weight issues with with children and adults and other things in society, but I think this is still a bit of a taboo topic that people don't really discuss. And I know for me personally, it's been a big issue for me growing up. Yeah, I know. It's an issue for me growing up as well. I was, I had super hairy legs, right, growing <laughs> up. Really, really hairy legs all throughout primary school. And my nickname was Werewolf. That was what oh, the kids yeah. called me. Yeah. God, that's and, rough. And I never told my mum. And then one day I discovered that you could shave your legs. I was like, right, okay, this is, I can remove the hair mm. and this, the teasing will stop. And I said to my mum, and I was probably only about nine or 10, like I was in primary school, and I said, can I shave my legs? And my mum being my mum, right, it was pretty out there. She's like, yeah, all right, no worries. And that was it. Uh, I, I started at that age and have never stopped. I don't think you're alone in that. I was a similar age. I remember in primary school and the kids would see I've, I've got darker hair. So it was quite obvious at that age. But I started at a very early age. And I, I must say, it was a really big problem for me growing up. I would be super self-conscious, not go to the beach if it was a last minute decision. And to the point where my mum invested quite a lot of money to help me get laser because I would be so conscious of it. But I think that's, we're not alone. Everyone I spoke to about this topic 
today uh, seems to have a similar situation. So I think it is something that does affect not just women, but a lot of men as well. Absolutely. I've spoken to men about this and they talk about never pulling up their sleeves. So if you've got really, really thick, hairy arms that they would never push up their sleeves, no matter how hot and uncomfortable they got. Hairy backs, you know, going through pain or not going swimming, never going to the beach. Imagine just Mm. never saying, no, I don't swim. It's just something that I don't do because I'd never want to take my top off. And these are, I mean, when you mentioned this is sort of the last taboo that we don't speak about when it comes to body shaming and it feels like we've come so far in freedom of conversation, in freedom of being who you are, you know, everybody is a beach body, all of those things that we've started to discuss in society. Yet for whatever reason, body hair is something that so many of us have been teased about and even though, right, even though I know that I shouldn't worry about it, I still shave my legs. I was shaving my legs in front of my daughter the other day and she said to me, why are you doing that? What a a conversation to have with your daughter as well. I've just had a son and part of me thought when I had a boy, oh, I don't have to worry about this conversation so much with him. If I had a girl like you, Rochelle, you'd have to think about those conversations and at what age is it appropriate. It's a difficult thing to do as a parent, I think, as well. This text saying having blonde hair on your face as a female has been an awful experience. There is no permanent way of removing it and everything is just so painful. And another saying, Rochelle and Eden, body hair removal has been practised since at least 3000 BC in Egypt and Mm. in India. And others saying, I couldn't believe my teenage son told me about the extent of which their downstairs hair is removal. It's uh, hair removal. It seems ridiculous, but that's what's expected of their age group. In saying that, it just reminded me when they talk about Egypt and and other countries. I must say, when I lived overseas, I did have a a Lebanese friend, a girlfriend that did have quite a lot of body hair, but she just did not care and, and said that in her country, people didn't really get bothered by it. And at the time she was dating and didn't have to worry about that whole um, issue with shaving when meeting people or doing those things. For her, it would just wasn't a, an issue. So I think it is a big cultural issue depending on where you're from. Tammy Sussman is a writer. She's just recently penned a piece for SBS Online titled Why I'm Ditching My Razor and Embracing My Body Hair and is also the author of a new book called So That Happened But Maybe You Already Knew That which is about a young girl managing life including body hair as a 12-year-old. Tammy, your piece that you wrote for SBS really triggered a conversation in so many men and women around our office. First things first, thank you for bringing it up and talking about it so openly. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm like an open book, an open hairy book. That's my (laughs) shtick. Anytime. What made you want to write about this? Why is this important to you? Mm, You mentioned kids. Um, my sister's a therapist and when I was pregnant, she said, you, you just wait, having kids is the most triggering, triggering thing that'll ever happen to you. I know that word's been thrown around quite a bit today already. Um, but I guess the, the, the seeds were planted many, many years ago, but it wasn't until I had kids that I really started to think about the impact, not only on myself, but um, you know, on my daughter um, and how she'd handle potentially being hairy herself and all those questions that are raised. 
And I guess, I mean, I mentioned in the piece that my daughter was only, I think, 16 hours old when a, a midwife mentioned how hairy she was. Of course, it was the Lanugo. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Lanugo fur um, on her ears and her, her shoulders and the midwife came in and I was just stroking it absentmindedly and she said, oh, don't worry, that that falls out like as if it, it was a bad thing and so essentially my daughter got body shamed at 16 hours old so <laughs> that was a a really eye-opening um experience for me and then of course when she was a toddler and we'd be at, at the beach on like a winter's day that just spontaneously got warm and she wanted to splash around my instinct was to say no because i i didn't want to roll up my my pants because I hadn't shaved yeah. and heaven forbid I bump into someone um, you know everyone's fear is of course bumping into an ex when you're <laughs> not looking your best self and then I thought so am I going to stop my daughter from having this lovely experience because of my own insecurity how sad is that for me but but for her you're definitely right, and we've all had those days, I think, at the beach as well, Tammy, where we've had those feelings. Veronica's on the line. She's in Gisborne. Who, she also thinks this is an important conversation to have. What would you like to say, Veronica? Hi. Yeah, um, I actually taught at an alternative school in Fremantle in Western Australia where the girls didn't shave their legs or their underarms and were quite confident and happy with their own body image. And I thought it was great, but I still was self conscious about my own hairy legs going to the school and I just found it a really interesting um, dynamic. Yeah I've had a similar situation where I've been um, away with people particularly overseas a lot of uh, different people I've traveled with have just not cared and I've looked at them with a bit of envy to be honest that they were just so comfortable with themselves but I still couldn't get myself to do it. Are, are you still that way now Veronica? Yes, yeah, and I don't. It's not even something I want to do, really. Like I just do it because I feel like I have to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't want to remove my body hair anymore. But I just still can't bring myself to be confident enough. To oh, stop. Veronica, you've taken the words right out of my mouth. I said that exact same thing to Eden when we were off air. I said I don't even want to do this anymore, and I don't even know why I'm doing it. It's so yeah, fascinating, and, isn't it? Because I feel... And seeing them not do it was yeah. really, oh, well, why can't I just be liberated by these kids? I know. You Definitely. feel like a bad feminist, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and where does that come from? Is it the media? Know. Why is that ingrained in us from primary school? And is it because cultural? Because we are being teased about well. it or we are being yeah. made self-conscious about it from the age of primary school. I think it's the teasing. I, I, mm. That's all I can put it down to, that the, the trauma of being teased and when you think back to the impact of how you were teased or bullied as a child and how that stays with you and it takes years of therapy sometimes to try and figure that out. And, Tammy, the other thing I think is the throwaway comments that even maybe our parents would make, oh, sorry, my mum would say, oh, sorry, Rishi, you get that from me, you know, and yep. you would just hear it, wouldn't you, all the time. I was going to say those kids in primary school who are dishing out, you know, the insults, where are they hearing that from? Mm. Because they're too young to be hearing that from, I don't know, TV shows um, or, you know, streaming services. It's coming from comments that their parents are making and I hear it. My, of course, I, I gave SBS a 2,000 word document that they had to shave down to 800 words. Um, one of the, the memories that got cut was actually my very first memory um, of 
you know, realizing that I was hairy. I was three years old. I was at daycare and I remember wow. one of the teachers tracing, I, you know, the snail trail that came down from my neck around my back and giggling and pointing it out to another carer. It's one of my earliest memories. And of course, I didn't put two and two together until I was in primary school at the age of eight and someone said, wow, you have a hairy back. And it was like, that's why that carer was doing that. So it's it's not just kids, it's adults. adults it's, coming, as well. it's coming from us. And I think that's where pack mentality um, is important. That's why I wanted to get my friends on board and, and say, let's do this together. We're in Sydney, um, in the eastern suburbs and southeastern suburbs, right near all the beaches. So there is a lot of pressure to be beach ready in inverted commas. Um, so, you know, I was almost tempted to write a post on a parents group and say, can we just all do this this summer? Mm. Can we do this together so that it isn't scary. Well, someone else who is also by the beach in Mentone is Andrew. And similar to you, he had issues at school. He was sent home uh, from school to shave. Is that right, Andrew? Uh, yes. Th- thanks, Rochelle. Good morning. Morning. What's your um, story? Uh, oh, I just had a little bit of a facial hair and uh, along with my brother and we were, we were sent home to have a show. Um, yeah. Um, there wasn't very much of it to show, but, um... Yeah, it's funny, Andrew, uh, we talk about this being, people think that on the surface this is a a female issue and it's so not. And I can remember in primary school, and I'd totally forgotten about this, I can remember there were two boys, two young Italian boys, and they started to get facial hair around grade five, grade six, which all of the other boys absolutely didn't. And then one day one of them must have shaved and the comments they would get when they had facial hair and then when they didn't have facial hair as well. So this is something that totally affects men. Oh, absolutely. And even the the, uh, hair up on the top of the cranium too, uh, if one had a bit of an Afro-ish style, um, it wasn't readily welcomed by fellow students. You know, you would be called... Kalahari Bushman or something like that or um, uh, yeah it was hard times Yeah, (laughs) I know the name calling is just and it sticks with you you know Andrew's remembered what he was called I've remembered what I was called and a little later we're going to speak to a male beauty editor around the fact that this is so not just an issue for women and we've got a text here. Um, and what about women who insist, insist on men to be clean shaven? And we can talk about this a bit later, Rochelle. But it is maybe part of the whole dating scene and, and people expecting, you know, the di- opposite sex to, to be a certain way when they're um, dating and, and out on dates with people. So that's something we can look at a bit further. Tammy, stay with us. I just want to have a quick chat with Jenny. Jenny's in Morrible. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you going? Um, it's Moon and Bell. In the Pyrenees. Oh, beautiful. Sorry, I've got you in the total wrong area. Lovely area that you are. Beautiful, yes. I just wanted to talk about um, my dad's eldest sister, um, Auntie Anne. She was an amazing woman. She had a beautiful figure. She had white hair with the old traditional waves in the hair done. She used to wear red lipstick, always had a red scarf. Beautiful sheer lined stockings with the seam down the back and hairy legs. (laughs) <laughs> and did that inspire you in any way? 
It did. It did. It said. It said to me that you can look absolutely wonderful and not worry about shaving your legs and things like that. So I guess as a teenager and going through early adulthood, I did shave my legs, but I don't care now. And my husband <laughs> is beautiful, and he doesn't care either. And you know, it's. <laughs> it's. Uh, she was, certainly was an inspiration for what me. What's her name again? Auntie. Auntie Anne. Auntie Anne. Go, yes. Auntie Anne. That's absolutely right. <laughs> well, thanks for the call, Jenny. Someone else who was in a similar position uh, to you is Nicole in Central Victoria. Nicole, you've had a pretty interesting experience. Tell us about that. Yeah, I guess um, when I was uh, like 13 or so, um, where I was on a family holiday going to the beach and I was like, oh my God, I've got such hairy legs. And I just shaved my legs with no shaving cream or anything, like oh. dry. It was awful. And my mum saw me and went, oh my God, what have you done? And then she showed me how to do it properly. But then I thought, when I have kids, I'm just going to take them to get a wax. Because later on in life, I went and got a wax, and it was so much better than shaving. And then so I've just taken my daughter to get her first wax, and um, it was much better. But now, I don't really care. I play in a footy team, a women's footy team, and most of us, hairy legs, hairy pits, and we just don't care. And it's a really lovely comfortable environment to be in to not be judged for your body hair um and so yeah i i will sometimes go and get a wax during the summer as a bit of a treat but i definitely don't you know sweat on it it's like whatever i don't care i like the way i look and if anyone doesn't like it they can shut up (laughs) And, and what do you um what kind of conversations do you have with your daughter now nicole we've got tammy on the line who said that she's had interesting experiences trying to figure out what to explain to her daughter. As years go on, what, what's your attitude now? Um, I think I, the main thing is just to reiterate that being comfortable with yourself and not feeling pressure from anyone else to look different. But it is, it's a personal choice. Um, and I guess to kind of talk about the different options, and I explained, she watched me have a wax before she got hers done so I could show her what the pain was like. Um, but I think it's yeah, just being understanding and keeping that personal choice and kind of self pride um, as the main thing. That's so great, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that, Tammy. You've written about a, a lot about how we talk to our kids and to young people about this, and we've already had multiple people, myself included, say, "I know that I don't need to do this." Right? It makes me a bad feminist if I feel like I need to do it, but we still do it. But yet, at the same time, we're saying to our kids, "Oh, you don't need to do this." Yeah, language is really important. Um, I even found myself thinking about whether my body hair growing up was that bad. And I was like, oh, interesting how I used the word bad. Um, You know, I suspect that there was probably a bit of body dysphoria, body dysmorphia at play back then. But I think if if someone were to come to me and say, I'm thinking about doing, you know, shaving my legs, and I were to say, oh, it's not that bad. How does that word resonate for that person? Um, so I think language, yeah, is is super important. And in terms of, was the question about moving forward, how how I would kind of explain things? I think visibility is more important than explaining. So all the parenting books that I read about other behaviours for my small children talk about modelling and how if you say, um, you know 
don't hit, it's much more important for them to see you not hitting, for example. Some of these are pretty outdated when hitting kids was still still permitted. Um, so I think, you know, of course I could say, say to my, now I've got two daughters now, I could say to them, oh, you don't need to shave. Uh, it's a personal choice. But if they're constantly seeing me remove my hair, I just think that's less impactful. Does that make sense? It does, definitely. I, I do wonder, though, on the other side of it, Tammy, I know that you're taking this initiative and you said, I think, in your book that some friends disagree and don't want to go out on their own and do it. You know, as a society as a whole, it's still kind of culturally sometimes expected that women do shave. What Do you worry about perhaps the perception that if your daughters follow your in your footsteps that they might have issues themselves? Oh, totally. I thought maybe I should go the other way because maybe they'll just want to rebel against me being hairy. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should just, you know, go to the extreme. Um, yeah, and no one wants their their kids to be bullied for being different and no one, I'm also concerned, what if I'm the hairy, weird mum and they are ashamed of me? <laughs> so that's why I'm really campaigning. But I just want everyone to get on board. It's going to it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, I I have pretty diverse friends, but my main friendship group is still from high school, which is a, a pretty conservative, secular Jewish community, um, where you know appearances are unfortunately still quite important. And some people have said, well, you just need to find different friends. But I mean, these, yeah. these are my amazing group yeah. of friends who are just so supportive and so wonderful. And I don't want to leave my community no. or drop Well, if my we were besties, friends. Tammy, and you said to me, Rish, I want you to stop shaving your legs, I would probably <laughs> say, I love you, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> Which is what most of them have said. Yeah. I think it's so important that you've written about this. The book that Thank you've you. just finished is called So That Happened, but maybe you already knew that. And a part of that is looking at how a young girl aged 12 is managing things like body hair. Tammy, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Tammy Sussman. And if you want to read the article that she's written as well, which kind of inspired today's piece, it's on SBS Online. It's called Why I'm Ditching My Razor and Embracing My Body Hair. Rochelle Hunt and Eden Hennen. And with you, Eden, of course, is in Ballarat. This is just one of the texts that's come in. It says, I am very hairy, red, coarse hair and blonde, fluffy hair. I started waxing in year seven when the boys started commenting on my moustache. I get lots of waxing done and now I do it for myself because my clothes feel more comfortable in things like jeans. And if I don't end up with hair poking through leggings. My main hair anxiety, though, is my face. I would absolutely have a beard if I didn't manage it. I admire and at times let my under hair arm grow and I admire women Women that embrace my hair, but I also note that they're not as hairy as me. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Rochelle Hunt and Eden Hennenden with you, and we're talking about body hair, believe it or not. And it feels strange to even say that, Eden, right? Like, we should not be talking about this on the radio. Totally. So, <laughs> it's not even something you discuss with your friends, you might, maybe, and possibly after a glass of wine. But Definitely. You, and you don't discuss it with your partner a lot of the time. Why? Oh, I had major issues, even with dating and things. I, I would discuss it briefly with friends, but you, you're so self-conscious of it all the time that it's not something you wanted to speak about. 
very openly with people. But I think it's a really important conversation to have, Rochelle. And I'm, obviously, we're not alone. Listen to how many people it's affecting. Paul's in the Otways. Morning, Paul. Good day. How are you going? Good, mate. What do you want to um, say? Oh, well, I'm just as a, a fellow that's worked in construction for 30 years and, and had a couple of daughters and that. We never brought the kids up with makeup or they didn't have, nobody mentioned they had to shave. And, but the grandmothers got to them. The grandmothers passed on all their um, hang-ups and got it wearing makeup and shaving. And so I, I think you women need to have a really good look at yourselves because blokes really don't care. Spray tans is another one. Why do you do that? Yeah, yeah. I spoke to Eden about I wear fake tan on my legs. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to have to have that conversation with my daughter as well. And someone else, Paul, said, is this men or women that are, are putting this on? onto each other as the norms you know not that we want to put blame on either gender but i you know this is not just an issue for women this is an issue for men as well text saying uh, a few months ago i took my 11 year old to have her legs waxed as she was being teased by other girls there you go at school we talked about it a lot before deciding to include a conversation around body confidence personal choices but she wanted to do it she was shaking and she was in pain and it was so hard to watch and she hasn't asked to go again. It is a really painful thing to do. We're also talking about that off-air. Uh, waxing is, a, particularly for a young girl, having to, to do that would be quite a sometimes traumatic experience for them at a young age, particularly if they're being teased. Um, but also I heard uh, on the last call or one of the texts, people sometimes do do it because it does make them feel better. It's not you know, a negative thing. If some people yeah. do want to get rid of it, it might make your legs feel smoother, you can feel more comf- like comfortable in different clothes, Rochelle. So I guess there are many positives to it as well. Maxine's in Ballarat. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm in my mid-40s, so um, I was of a generation where you shaved everything from a very young age. And um, when I married in you know, my late 30s, my husband had three daughters all in their late teens who had never shaved, never bothered, never picked up a razor, never had a wax or anything. They were totally um, at peace with their bodies. They flaunted it. They didn't care. And I was just so impressed by these fierce young women who really were proud of their bodies. Um, They'd seen, obviously, were comfortable with them in with their bodies in their natural state. Um, they saw no reason at all to shave or to to hide their bodies. And they really taught me a lesson. I mean, mm. I still shave <laughs> because some lessons um, that you learn early on are really ingrained. But I see them and I just think I'm so, I have so much optimism and faith in this generation of women I who are coming so. through. Yeah, who are I coming so. through saying, well, the, you know, take me as I am. Well, there's a text here that says, why, why, why are you making an issue around body hair? It's natural. If you personally don't like it, remove it. My three teens choose not to shave their body hair because they don't worry about it. Teach your kids self-love and body confidence. Is it that simple, do you think, Maxine? Um, maybe maybe it is from an early age if, if they're taught that their bodies are just beautiful and, and there's nothing wrong with them and, you know, everyone else can go to hell. Well, yeah, I think so. And, I mean, it helps that my stepdaughters are actually very beautiful, you know, physically just gorgeous, just gorgeous young women. Um, but I, I see no reason that um, that we need to bring the, the razor and the wax into the lives of our young girls. 
Well, thanks for the call, Maxine. Hopefully uh, this is something that can pass through uh, to the the newer generations. We all seem to say that we believe in what they're saying, but we still do it ourselves, Rochelle. So hopefully if we teach at a young age not to be that way. Maria's in Shepparton. Maria, good morning. What would you like to say? Good morning. This is a subject that is so close to my heart. And if you just bear with me, I'll give you a bit of history. So I... I'm in my late 50s. My bullying for hairy legs started in primary school, went through high school, which was frightening for me going to high school because we had to wear skirts, right? So I suffered through high school. Every day, the first thing that crossed my mind was, you know, are my legs hairy today? Uh, Is someone going to bully me again? This went on right through high school. Obviously, when I went to university, my life improved because I could wear pants. But then when I had my first son, it started in the delivery room. Oh, he's got so much body hair and it continued. Mm. This child was teased and bullied from the moment he entered primary school. We, he, he had psychological treatment for it. He went to high school. He played no sports. He didn't participate in parties, pool parties or camping or anything. Later, um, I did a course in laser myself to try and help him. This has wow. been... This has affected him. He's now 30 years old, still affects him. He, this, in, and this is about, you know, the, the society we live in. If you look at the advertising, it's men with smooth, shiny, glossy skin. That's the expectation that young girls have today. That's the pressure on them. He doesn't go to the gym because he's embarrassed. He doesn't go anywhere that exposes his skin because he's embarrassed. And the best thing that happened to him was online gaming because his friends were all online. I hate to say this, but this has been my life. And this thing about teaching self-love and body confidence, it's, look, to be honest, and I apologise to say this, but it's like saying to someone who's got depression, now cheer up. Mm, Without changing yeah. our society, and, and, and it's like, you know, today we see women of all body shapes in the media. That, that took a long time to change that perception. And this thing about body hair, and I know it doesn't affect a lot of people, but it's affected me and, and my son. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, it brings me to tears sometimes oh, to see him kind of yeah. withdraw from life because of this. Um, and I'm just so glad you're talking about it because <laughs> no one else does. I know. No, it's like well, you said it's the last taboo, and as mm. you said right at the beginning, Maria, it seems superficial, but it can have a huge impact on people's lives. Gosh, I hope this is something that your son can embrace at some point, and that it doesn't continue to have such a huge impact on him, Maria. We really do. It sounds like he's got a wonderful mum, though. No, oh, thank you. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for for people like you to bring and 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 your guests um, there to to bring it to the fore. But you know, it does, it will require a lot of people like us to sort of invoke. But you know, the media and advertising they they leading on this. If they don't change, nothing's going to change. Thanks so much for your call, Maria. And Rochelle, we're getting a few texts come in saying, why are you discussing this? It's not a, a big issue. But listening to Maria then about, you know, what issues she had to face growing up and now her son, it really does highlight the psychological issues it does place for a lot of people. Yeah, there's multiple texts saying this is just so triggering for me. This is something mm. that happened to me as well. Rod's in Seymour. Hi, Rod. 
Good morning. I just thought I'd uh, put a different slant on this. Uh, maybe people just see it as something you do when you're going out. You, know, you have your shave, your shower and all the rest of it. And there uh, yeah, you go. I uh, worked in an office for 20-odd years. So I had to shave my face every morning, and except for a while I had a beard. And I learnt very, very early that you don't pluck your beard, I tell you. Yeah. So you think it's just we just started to see it as a part of our routine, Rod, rather than questioning why yeah. we're doing it? Because you know, most of the blokes in the office say you're all shaved in, you know, in the mornings before they come to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rod, look, it's interesting. It's just we've normalised it to a certain degree. And it's amazing how many things I hadn't even thought about. So that, you know, when we heard earlier about being a young boy, when Andrew rang through and saying being a young boy at primary school, being sent home, you know, to shave. And I'd totally forgotten about the young boys at my primary school there. But someone else just sent a text through. It just said two words. It said monobrow. And I had a mm. monobrow as well, right? I was called, not only was I called werewolf, I was called monobrow as well. And I can remember, again, my mum, it's all coming back to her, but so growing up in a milk bar, small country town, the shop next to us was the hairdressers, J&K Hair. And they started waxing. This is in the 80s. So, you know, very edgy. And mum just kind of raced me in there and said to Jenny or whoever the J was in J&K, can you wax Rishi's monobrow? And so I was thrown in the in the chair. Hot wax goes on into the middle of your eyebrows and off it comes. And then... I had <laughs> was quite conflicted because my first thing was I looked in the mirror and went, oh, my God, it's gone. I feel so different. I'm not going to get teased anymore. But then the next second I thought, I'm going to go to school tomorrow and they're going to know it's gone and then I'm going to get teased for removing it. So I sort of didn't – I didn't want to go to school. And how did you go moving forward after that? I think once they got over the first day teasing you that it was removed, oh. then it, it disappeared. But mm. I sort of – yeah, it's something that you continue to do. But again, you look at Frida Kahlo and embracing her monobrow Definitely. and different cultures as well. And I, I think it might be changing, Rochelle. We got a text through before it's it's moved on now where she said that the newer generation, their daughters who are young aren't seeming to be bothered by it anymore and that it's perhaps a changing trend. I wonder if that is the case. This is The Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Rochelle Hunt with you in Melbourne, Eden Hedden, joining you from ABC Ballarat. And believe it or not, we're talking body hair today. And there's a mix, Eden, of text saying, why are you talking about this? And others saying, thank God you are talking mm. about this. It's very rarely spoken about. And it's certainly not just an issue that affects women, even though on the surface it may seem like that. Definitely. And we were just speaking to a mother before whose son was teased all through high school and said he wouldn't go to the gym. And if you do notice, like when you look at men in the gym and men at the beach, you don't see a lot of men with very hairy chests. Uh, well, and, and some do, but a lot don't. And I think it is a culturally accepted thing that men need to also be trimmed and, and, and shaven in certain areas. Absolutely. I was trying to think back to advertising campaigns or whatever it may be where you see men with hairy chests or hairy backs or hairy arms and I think you also just talked about James Bond and how it's evolved over the years. Yes, that's right. The early Bonds would have hairy chests and the later Bonds 
absolutely hairless. There's a text here from Anonymous and it says, on the first date with my now husband, I looked at his arms and he sheepishly said to me, sorry, I'm really hairy. I felt so awful for him. Clearly he'd had some trauma from it. I had to make an adjustment an adjustment to my point of view as well. Well, Damien Woolnareed is the style editor for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Damien, have things changed for men or are do they have just as many hang-ups and are they teased and under scrutiny as much as women when it comes to body hair? I think they're certainly increasingly under scrutiny when it comes to body hair. And I think you're right. It, it, this has been growing since, I think, year 2000 as men are increasingly targeted by advertisers. And you'll see men in advertising models, most of them are very smooth-chested and smooth-armed, and you know that's the ideal that's put out there. When do you think it changed? I think once the fashion industry and the beauty industry realised that men were were had some money to spend, and they we started to see men uncovered in advertising and getting out of suits, and particularly around, I guess, the Calvin Klein era. I mean, when was the last time you saw? the front of a packet of underpants with a, a man with a hairy chest on them. It's all very smooth. And Damien, we talk a lot and we've spoken today a lot about how it affects a lot of women, but from your perspective, how do you think it's it, it has an effect on men as well? Well, I'm, sh- I'm sh- the same with women. When it's promoted as an ideal, all of a sudden you're, you're made to feel insecure about your body hair, whether it's, you know, from advertising from the Hollywood celebrities we see on the covers of magazines and also from the male models we increasingly see on the catwalk. Um, So it's pitched as something to aspire to. And now as a result, when you go on social media, I know when I go on social media, the amount of services offered for body hair removal removal targeted at men, it's quite astounding. One text that's come through, and I know we spoke about this off air, but another huge shift that I guess has to be addressed is the huge increase that we see now in online pornography and the way that people's bodies uh, are portrayed and how hairless people's bodies are. And that would have a big impact on on men and women as well and just what is seen as normal and it's just no one has any hair. Exactly, and a lot of these these body hair products that are targeted are, t- are targeted, you know, towards an audience to, who like to be portrayed in sort of a sexual manner, and it, it's suggesting that you know having less hair will make you more confident. And that's another issue in itself. These trimming products, Rochelle, uh, you know, ideas of an epilady bring back a bit of oh, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone has ever used an epi lady that could actually manage to get all of the hair off in their legs, then they have a strength that I don't have. I remember my girlfriend putting it onto my leg and I I think I pushed her across the room without even meaning to. It was in absolute agony. How does it change, do you think, Damien? I mean, as someone that works as a style editor, I mean, you would be one of the people that would be putting these products on glossy pages of magazines and promoting the new whatever it may be, you know, coming up to Father's Day or, you know, celebrating the fact that men can remove their hair as easily as women. How do we change that? I think it's about giving people a choice and it is about showing images of greater diversity um, and people... In the same way, I think one of the callers mentioned before about we're now seeing people with different body shapes finally in fashion and in beauty. 
and that representation needs to to come through for men just as much and we're finally seeing a little bit of size diversity in men but you know hair representation is going to be important but having looked at the recent menswear shows that have come out internationally where we're seeing a lot of men wearing suit jackets without shirts underneath or sheer tops none of them have hair beneath it at the moment so there's a long way to go uh you say there's a long way to go but we have been getting some calls and texts that say that the younger generations hopefully some aren't seem to be caring as much as perhaps we did when we were really young do you think that there could be change coming in the near future I hope so. I hope that there's greater choice. And I think people should be allowed the, the choice that if they do feel more confident to safely remove hair, in, but it shouldn't feel mandatory and they shouldn't feel pressured into doing it. I'm yet to hear of that sort of a big groundswell of that confidence. And I certainly haven't seen it represented in the advertising. I mean, a, a lot of people are making a lot of money out of people wanting to be smooth. Isn't it interesting when you think about when it shifted? You mentioned, you know, the Mark Wahlberg campaign, that iconic campaign of Kelvin Klein. But then when you think back to another iconic moment, it was the centrefold that our own very own Ita Buttrose put out of Jack Thompson in uh, Cleo or Cosmo, whichever one it was, you know, where, and he had a hairy chest. He had a hairy body as well, but he was seen as the ultimate sex symbol at the time. And so we've seen that well, I've seen that shift in my lifetime and Jack has sent a text saying, you know, when he was younger and as a young man, hair was okay. In fact, it was actually a sign of masculinity. We didn't discriminate. We accepted our difference. I had a really hairy chest and it was totally accepted. And other guys, hairy backs, it was just a personal choice, uh, just like tattoos. As an older man, hair grows more quickly, hair on my shoulders. It causes irritation around my shoulders with some shirts and clothing. This is such a great program. It's been a quick shift for blokes, I feel like. It has been a very quick shift and it has been in line with that growing, with men being targeted as a growing audience for fashion and for beauty products. I mean, it was a long time ago that we did have those centrefolds and we did have Magnum P.I., Oh, yes. um, Tom Salick, <laughs> who I think was sort of that masculine ideal. And I think, you know, hair, a hairy chest is one way of representing masculinity. And I think it's great that it's no longer the only way. But um, it, perhaps we need to be looking at more diverse representations because I, I'm still not seeing it come through. Well, that's the thing too. And if you looked at different cultures and if we actually properly represented people of all backgrounds and cultures in all forms of our media, then maybe, Damien, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of the influence also comes from the reality shows we're seeing, dating shows where we can get into the fact that they're all jacked physically and really buff from the gym. Um but along with that fitness culture comes, you know, being smooth. I mean, you don't see hairy-chested bodybuilders, so... Yeah, I know, that's huge. Damien, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Damien Woolner-Reed, he's the style editor of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, and Damien sort of just spoke about pop culture there, Eden, and I don't know if you saw the piece recently in the age actually where it spoke about the shift in Hugh Jackman as Wolverine over the last however many the decade or so that he's been playing that character and originally as Wolverine at the time we all thought he looked super buff and and muscly but they show him then and now and the difference 
of what Wolverine looks like now where, you know, veins popping out and every six-pack, every pack of the six that is there is so defined and it just looks next level. But what's considered to be masculine and tough only 10 years ago, you know, someone even referred to the first Wolverine's body as being a little bit dad bod, you know, which is another complete insult there as well. So we've seen such a big shift. Lily's in Bendigo. Hi, Lily. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, I, look, I just wanted to quickly mention, when I was growing up in high school, I went to um, quite a prestigious uh, all-girls school in Melbourne, and I used to have um, a very, very hairy eyebrow. I didn't have a monobrow, just the hairy eyebrows, and I used to get teased mercilessly. And I used to beg my mum to help me do something and finally she took me to get my eyebrows waxed and it made all the difference it just it's such a shame that you know I had to go to that length but I mean I could you know come home and and not cry because I hadn't been teased that day I I totally empathize with you though like I, I I totally know what it was like as grade six was when I first remember is that aged 11 or 12. Yeah, 11 or 12, yeah. Yeah, it was um, when I first decided to do something about it too and it made me feel loads better afterwards. But yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's something that helps us feel better but it doesn't help the situation where you were teased for a long time there. Lily, do you no. still, do you feel like now that anything's changed? You know, do you still feel like you, you need to remove the hair as you get older? You know what? I, I'm 42 now and I, I don't, I get my eyebrows um uh i do that threading thing and i get them done maybe once every four or five months so they're pretty bushy until until i get done but i'm not as i'm not nearly as concerned about it as i used to be and now i don't even shave my legs um, they they just grow wild and I, and I don't care. Good on you. Yeah, so yeah, I finally got to that that stage, oh, but still I still do a little bit of the eyebrows. But it they do look good when they're done though. They look really <laughs> that's like, okay they, too. Yes, that's you're okay, allowed yeah. to feel okay. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for the call, Lily. my face. Thank you so much for having me. Interesting here, Rochelle. Lily said it made her feel more confident and it, it did for myself. But we have a text here saying the saddest thing I heard was many years ago when I was waiting to pick up my son at primary school and two mummies were talking about being very excited because they were both taking their daughters of 11 to get their first Brazilians. And that was not for religious reasons. They said the comment was now they can be like just now they can be just like us. So, I mean, I'm not even sure how to take that to be honest that's quite confronting it is and so you know you can do it for very positive reasons to make yourself feel better but reading things like that you know it changes the perspective on it doesn't it Rosalind's in Dandenong hi Rosalind hi how are you well what did Um, you want to say well I sort of laugh at the sheer ridiculous contradiction if you get a romance book the hero on the front cover is as hairless as the interflora man but when you read the story inside invariably the hero comes out of the shower with water glistening on his chest hair and a dark arrow going down to his groin i mean what happened to the shaved guy on the front cover 
Yes, I, I think these are like the Mills and Boons. My nan was big on on those books, but you're right. I even think there was some hairy chested men on the front cover of some of those romance novels, Rosalind. Yeah, it's sort of it's ridiculous. The hairy in the story because it's romantic, but they're never hairy on the cover. And I think, Rosalind, you're right. If I think back to even recent books like the Fifty Shades of Grey series, I think they do talk about body hair in that quite a bit as well. So there is quite a contradiction. You're right. They're saying, ah, oh, yes, the Epilady, a.k.a. the pain <laughs> machine. And another says, great conversation. My feelings around body hair totally changed after I had chemo for breast cancer. My hair became so precious. I feel terrible now shaving any part of it off, says mm. Jane. And another saying, I lost my husband four years ago, but I always loved his hairy chest and I would regularly tell him. And how important is that second part? You know, that I would tell him mm. and just not only embracing it, but really really just letting people know that not only is it okay, but I absolutely love it. Uh, that's a similar situation when I was always very self-conscious, but meeting my recent partner, Adam, uh, I, my um, look at it is, is completely different because he's just really comfortable with whatever I'm comfortable with. And I think that makes a difference. Brian's in Ballarat. Morning. Good morning to you ladies. Uh, I was just saying to your producer a few days ago, uh, a couple of friends and a mate from the LNG community and I were having a bit of a chat and it came up, um, uh, my shirt was opened. So you are now a silver back or whatever it is, you're a gorilla. Um, and the conversation got round to hair and shaving and one of the ladies turned round and said, have you ever noticed that men now that shave use a hell of a lot of scent and that sort of thing? And I said... No, not really. Today, I've been down the street and in the mall and amongst that, and men up to 60, they smell like poppies. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many products now, Brian, for men as well. I mean, this is the thing that we've been hearing today. Let's just quickly end with Leanne. Leanne's in East Ringwood. Morning, Leanne. Hello. Um, I was very, hi, everybody. It's a great subject. Um, in our family, we have somebody with alopecia who wishes he had hair so he didn't have um, a on his whole body. Yep. He wishes that he had hair so that he didn't have allergies because he, you need hair to keep away things like that. Um, and then my partner is beautifully furry. Which I call him my furry boyfriend. He's gorgeous. <laughs> I love all these furry shoulders and everything. But about five years ago, I was, you know, buying into it and I was having my legs waxed. And the, the waxer said to me that she'd had a traumatic morning because there was the, she'd had a gentleman there for a number of hours um, taking all the hair off his whole body because that's what his wife expected. She oh, wow. wanted him to be completely smooth and oh. he had to go with bookend each month, each month oh, for torture, gosh. basically, oh. to have all of his hair removed. And I was horrified to him. Imagine looking forward to the rest of your life with supposedly the person you love and they don't accept that about you. It's just That's, a, that's, that's exactly it's so oh. sad. I was just talking about how my partners made me feel comfortable. Imagine having having to do that every month. The complete opposite. That's right. Mm. Not only the pain and then there's the emotional side effects as well. Then there's the sheer cost. So many texts on this saying thank you for discussing it today. And well, who knew? We sort of didn't know where it was going to go. As we said on the surface, it seems superficial, but it's certainly not that. Eden Hennon, and it's so nice to have you back. You've been off on maternity leave. It's so lovely to have you back being a, a part of the conversation. And as always, sharing a, a big part of your personal life in this. So that's really important. So lovely to have you back. 
Thank you for having me. And yes, what a what a first topic to come back to. I, as I said to you, it was a topic that was a bit triggering for me, but it's obviously something that everyone or a lot of people experience. So thank you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you soon.